0: What's up everybody? Welcome to Building Our Powder. This is Gabby. And KT. And we're back with another episode. Thanks guys for joining us again. Listening to our last episode, Memphis Hates MLK, because it does. Um, if you would like to hit us up, you can do so on all social media channels at Building RPWR. If you would like to donate to the propagandizing, the educating, the redistribution of funds that we are doing you can do so link will be in the bio before we get started into our conversation we have some people and some articles that we would like to shout out katie yeah so uh the
1: first people we'd like to go ahead and shout out is going to be Afrofuturist abolitionist of the americas uh at abolition f underscore I-S-T-S on twitter um, they are Pan-African, anarchy, uh, they believe in self-determination, uh, abolition, disability justice, trans liberation. They are a wonderful follow, and I recommend them to literally anyone. Uh, they more recently put out Wild Thing Wisdom. Uh, it's basically a, P- a Zine PDF that you guys should definitely go and read as well. We want to go ahead and get started, Gabby. What are we talking about today?
0: Today we're talking about how the CIA used jazz to promote further American imperialism. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. So I'm going to give you guys a
1: kind of a synopsis and then we'll go into more depth. Um but basically during World War II, the US government and the Soviet Union Uh, fought together against Germany, Um, but obviously we all know the U.S. is extremely anti-communism. So uh, basically that started what they started to call a Cold War. So when you hear people talk about the Cold War, that's what they're talking about. So um, the so- Soviet Union and the U.S. government, essentially they started putting out propaganda towards each other, right? And so uh, the U.S. government was like, okay, well, uh, we hate communists, so the Soviet Union is just terrible. And the Soviets were like, we hate capitalism, so the U.S. government is terrible. And the U.S. said, you know what? We really need to fix our image because these Soviets are putting out uh, graphic images that actually shows our racial bias here in the United States. So the U.S. said in the nineteen forties, early to late nineteen fifties, hey, uh, guess what? We love black people, so let's go ahead and send black and white jazz musicians together across the world.
0: What, whose idea
1: was that at first?
0: That no, was
1: actually uh, Adam Powell.
0: Clayton Powell, yeah. Yeah,
1: he was a a senator Mm -hmm. uh, in the United States. He was a a light-skinned black man who basically said, let's go ahead and send uh, these people across the world together and play. Um, And they were called the Jazz Ambassadors. So basically, they used black people, these Jazz Ambassadors, as a way to divert
0: from the U.S.'s current racist policies. And not only that, they used them to... um make america seem more appealing like come join our side come join our side don't go with the, the Soviets, come join capitalism, because these were newly liberated countries in Asia and Africa. You know, uh, colonialism was about over. Everybody had pretty much left. So now it's like, okay, now whose side are you on? So Adam Clayton Powell was like, ooh, we, yeah, we can, we can show these folks because Russia is predominantly white. We got some black folks up in here. So if we bring the black people over here to the brown and the blacks, around the world, it's gonna make it more appealing. And then we're gonna give them this great music. They they're gonna have no choice but to pick America.
1: Right. So um Gabby, you wanna tell us who was some of the jazz ambassadors that actually went? Uh you can detail like who who was the first person and who was thereafter.
0: Yes. Yeah, so the first person was uh Dizzy Gillespie who uh brought Quincy Jones over there um, they went to the what they would call the Arabian countries, like the Middle East and uh, Pakistan, places like that, and toured, and uh, it was wildly successful. Um, so Dizzy, when he came over there, he was like, "I don't need no briefing. I already know what America's got going on. If they ask me, I'm not gonna lie to these people. I'm gonna tell them what's going on. I'm tell them what how America is. Yada yada yada." But uh, it was very successful. One thing about it, though, that I found interesting was for these concerts, there was a cost. And the tickets were very, very high priced. So normal, regular citizens couldn't afford it. So that's one red flag. Mm. This was a program that wasn't used to spread jazz to the world. It was used to be appealing to the diplomats to go again for political reasons it was
1: for rich people essentially it was for the rich of that country it was for the, the political
0: the people with political power that's awful yeah yeah but one thing that they ended up doing is they took some of them tickets and brought it to the working class people anyway and uh, they were able to enjoy some of the shows um so
1: yeah also i want to kind of like backtrack a little bit and i'm sorry but I think it's important that we note that during this time, like all of that is happening, yes, in different countries in the world. But in the U.S., in the U.S., black and white musicians could not even play together. It was actually illegal in the U.S. for that to happen.
0: Yeah, but they were able to play together. uh,
1: Internationally. To,
0: you know, to, to spread the little propaganda. But, like, these people, they were super-duper influential. Like, Dizzy Gillespie, he was in Greece. The, Greece. the Greek people were rioting, fighting, throwing stones at the U.S. Embassy because they had done some shady shit like always. And all they had to do was have a concert, bring Dizzy Gillespie and them over there to play. The riot stopped. Everybody went in, and there was quote-unquote peace. And and there you can see, and they started to see, oh, we got some on our hands. This is this is working, but coincidentally, or or if you just if you know about America, it, it makes sense. They go back to America, and then all the southerners are like, uh uh-uh, uh uh uh, that's not the music that should be uh played. That's noise. The whites we should the whites highlight. the white southerners um uh uh-uh. uh they they were against the whole thing eisenhower was against it but it literally was helping to make america more palatable palatable for all these countries
1: Be, and that's because jazz jazz was literally like black music that's what it was it wasn't like jazz was like underground it wasn't like something that uh that all the people listened to in the united states no it was specifically for black people
0: yeah, jazz was started by black people. It was controversial because you know it didn't follow the same rules as your classical music or anything else, and it was it was deemed as risque. You know, it, it was deemed as something bad, which all black music starts at uh, anyway. Right. But um, yeah, so so that happened, and also during this time, there was a radio station called The Voice of America that broadcast it internationally they weren't allowed to broadcast in america because it would seem as as propaganda but they were able to i think they just said they just pointed the satellite the radio satellite somewhere and then whoever listened to it listened to it and it was able to go to poland and in russia and all these places and the radio station played jazz music with american propaganda I forgot the white guy's name. I really don't care. But he <laughs> he would pretty much, you know, uh, introduce these people into this music and be like, "See, jazz represents America." You know, it's in in America we have freedom within a framework of cooperation. We have rules, but within those rules, you can pretty much do whatever you want. That's like jazz. You know, you got your structure, you got your rhythm, but you can improvise as long as you stay in that structure. So it was just making people think, oh, well, America might be kind of cool for the young kids. You know what I'm saying? Um, so- that is so, I'm sorry, but that,
1: like, the the white guy who did that, that's such, that's so white supremacist in so many ways like the co-option of it, but then also to take it and re re uh reconstruct it as a white American waving the flag
0: type of patriotic. Music. Like it's literally like black yeah, black people making music while being black and really got nothing to do with y'all white people. I don't understand the correlation, but they were able to make that leap. Right, so uh, let's kind of move forward here.
1: Uh, we're actually going to skip Dave Brubeck because he's white, and we literally don't care, but he got sent to a bunch of white countries. Who really cares? Anyway, we're going to move to <laughs> Louis Armstrong, who uh, essentially was one of the major people uh, that, that went over as an ambassador.
0: Yeah, at first, he, you know, he was asked... Earlier in his career, but he denied it because that's when Little Rock Nine happened. And he was like, hold on, America, y'all ain't even got y'all stuff together. Why y'all sending me over here to Russia? They were going to send him to Russia. And he was like, no, I'm not doing it. And they even had a a newspaper article with him saying, like, America, the government can go to hell. And it was like, ooh, Louis Armstrong. Because Louis Armstrong was like the beloved American, like, ooh, he's like Uncle Ben type guy. And for him to speak out against that, it was... It really took people by storm. You had black people that condemned him like Sammy Davis Jr. ass. And um, so he didn't do it for a while. Uh, When JFK became president and made all these promises, he was asked again to go. And he was like, okay, I'm going to go. So he did an entire African tour. Mm -hmm. Um, He went to 14 countries in 45 days. Yes, Um, so I think they did 160 shows. It was ridiculous what they did. They had a different city and a different concert every night. And it was one of the most grueling concerts he'd ever done. So much so that one of his number one uh, singers and songwriters, Velma Middleton, actually died during the tour. It was so stressful to her body. So, Louis Armstrong was interesting because they literally, like, Trojan horse to the bone. Okay, we know Patrice Lumumbo of the Congo, of what would have become the Congo. Um, So, Louis Armstrong was used as an informant without his knowledge. Holy shit. So, he was talking to a guy he thought was a U.S. diplomat in the embassy, which was actually a CIA agent. Like, they were having dinner, and the guy was like, yeah, they were just having conversation." Yeah, so what's going on? Yada, 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 yada. And Louis Armstrong just telling them this, that, this, then the third, yada, yada, yada. And that information was used by the American government to commit all of those crimes and stuff over there in the Congo. That man thought he was just playing jazz and spreading music to the people. He literally was being used to help destroy them. Um, More into that. Uh, Research strongly suggests that Armstrong's host, uh, CIA station Chief Larry Devlin, and other U.S. intelligence officers hosted to Congo, used the cover of the musician's visit to get access to the strategically important and very wealthy province of Katanga, which had recently seceded. The U.S., though sympathetic to the agenda of the province's leader, had not officially recognized the self-declared government there. There was much of interest to the CIA in Katanga, ranging from senior officials with whom they could not otherwise meet to crucial mining infrastructure with 1,500 tons of uranium and vast potentials to procure more. Armstrong's tour to Katanga was the perfect opportunity, so Devlin and others flew down from the capital with the musician and his famous band. They needed cover, and this gave them one. They literally Holy rode shit. behind Louis Armstrong, the CIA. And post, there's, oh, do we here with Lumi Armstrong. While they're over here making covert, uh, doing covert operations the whole time. And uh, eventually, you know, after years go by, uh, Louis Armstrong finds out this information is devastated by it. He ended up making a play with Dave Brubeck about that. Um, but, yes, this stuff was Wow. It was
1: intense and it just kind of like confirmed for us that the US government will literally do anything anything to push capitalist propaganda.
0: Let's let's uh go back home to America um around this time like I said JFK was the president. Uh we did an episode talking about why capitalists ended segregation. Uh there was something that we really didn't tap into. And it was the Cold War was a motivating factor. Right. When John F. Kennedy was debating Richard Nixon, he said that America looks foolish. America does not look as strong as it once did Um, with TV and uh, news broadcasting, uh, stuff like uh, the people getting hosed down. Uh, beaten by dogs. It was embarrassing to JFK and the federal government. I mean, the the civil
1: civil rights movement is ongoing during this time, like we said at the at the beginning. So this is something that uh, they're doing. All while their people at home are literally doing protests. Are literally like Gabby just said, being hosed down. Like it, yeah. Of course, it seemed embarrassing to them.
0: So yeah. So um, they. That was that was the number one goal. Again, it was never about black people. Um, it was that they were looking bad to the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the incentive. Um, so something that's interesting before we get into the now is how the least of these in America was used to push... For American power. Yes. And that happens all the time. The black people who literally you didn't care two seconds ago that they was being lynched and beat and bombed and whatever. You're going to use them. Come out here, black people. Come out here. Make us more money. Make yes. us more money. And when you when you in America, the folks that still here, we're going to do the bare minimum. We barely going to do that. Just enough so that the the stuff don't end up on the TV. And that's literally the history of America. The people that are oppressed the most are always expected to work the most to help America. And we don't benefit from none of it. Now, the jazz musicians that were there were petty bourgeoisie people. And to some extent, they did let uh, what I think their own uh, ego or whatever influenced them into uh doing the work of America whether they thought they were spreading jazz or whatever whoop de doo yada, yada yada um i will say that they did stand firm on their politics and they were still like they weren't trying to gushy up to America but it still wasn't good what they did and they were used anyway so yeah it's just i just want us to think about that and remember that they literally As far as black people go, we're always used as a pawn. And we didn't get no benefit from that. Like, America colonized all these people, all these Africans and the uh, Middle Eastern people. And and what do we have? The crack epidemic. And all of this was to fight communism. Yep. All of this to fight communism. That's got
1: to tell you that human rights is something that you... You should be fighting for. If you're anti-imperialist, if you're, oh, I hate the U.S. government, like, you do not need to be on the fence. You do not need to be liberal. You need to be as extreme as humanly possible because the U.S. government is extreme, and they will go to any lengths necessary in order to push capitalist propaganda on you. That's all it was about. That's all it's about. That's all it was about. Um, but we do kind of like want to bring it around to uh, modern day. Uh, you know, we always like to bring it back to like, okay, well, what's what does this look like today? Um, and Gabby and I was thinking about rap and hip-hop and how originally rap and hip-hop was uh, somewhat of underground. It was majority, or it was, only black people. And a lot of the, the rap that was happening was really radical. It was leftist. And now, today, Gabby came up with something, like a, a really good theory. You want to go ahead and uh, talk about it a little
0: bit? Yeah. Well, like I was telling KT, in the beginning, in the 70s and stuff, it wasn't necessarily all political. It was more so party music. And then it started to get progressively more political. And it started to be like the voice of the streets. It started to be like, okay, I got a tape recorder. Let me rap about what's going on. Like rapping meant talking back right. then. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so that's that's what happened. What we were trying to think about is America has no new tricks. Hip-hop went from, you know, this working class, whatever, this little art form, little party music, little uh, voice of the people type thing, to a global genre, the most popular genre in the world. How in the world did that happen? And so I started thinking about how... The images, the messages of hip-hop has progressed over the years. How's, how's it changed? All that stuff. And from a anarchist, communist standpoint, this ain't from your conservative church-going-mother standpoint, but it's true. Some of this stuff they were talking about, these... A Amer- uh, rap in general, whatever radical thing it had back then is no longer, mm-hmm. no longer, especially mainstream. Think about this. I think we forget that record companies are corporations, like the record companies are owned by the same companies that own everything in America. These are not uh, independent people making independent decisions for themselves every single thing that you see that comes from an artist has to be green lit by the marketing team the PR team the president the assistants the a and R the everybody be made right? everybody has to green like that they're not gonna green lights on something that's not gonna make them money
1: exactly
0: so knowing that and thinking about the images that that have come out the past 20 30 years in hip-hop what are the images that are being uh, presented to the world and what what could be the use of some of these images being presented Hypercapitalism
1: capitalism um, is one
0: yeah hypercapitalistic, uh violent hyper independence um patriarchy of course uh homophobia of course classism um all the isms colorism uh ableism all the isms and so if we think about capitalism and money there is a reason that these are the only images that get greenlit by these corporations like do y'all we know these aren't the only type of rap and artists out there in the world but for right. whatever reason these are the artists that the corporations these multi-billionaires are seeing yes 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 the ones that push these images
1: and it, and it it's not by mistake is what we're saying it's not a mistake that they're doing this it's not a mistake that they're only writing this kind of music or heartbreak music is another one like that it's not a mistake that they're making that type of music and so um yeah i di- i think that it's important that we are kind of like looking at it from this point of view like we did with jazz Where it's like, okay, well, that happened. If that's happening, then is the United States government also pushing the idea through hip-hop now since hip-hop is mainstream? Yeah. I think
0: so. I think it's pushing capitalism, patriarchy. I think it's pushing all those things since it's global now. Like, it's everywhere. It's pushing those American Western ideas on other countries. Putting a black face on it so that it's cool. So that it's like, yes, yes imperialism is okay globalism is okay america is good uh having hordes of wealth is great uh not uplifting your women is amazing um and and, and not investing in your community is fine
1: but here's something else we
0: were thinking about in terms of
1: it it's like these rappers, too, and these companies, because ultimately, like, they're a brand, right? These rappers are not uh, these rappers are, are not people to the industry. These rappers are legitimately a brand. Yep. It's like having a Coca-Cola in your hand and knowing that that's a brand, right? And so we were thinking about the commodification. Again, how black people mm-hmm. are not only commodified, like, because of deaths, but they will be used no matter what. Whether that be through music, whether that be through death, whether that be through literally anything in the United States, black people are going to be commodified and they're going to be used.
0: And so, the thing is, I don't have any proof or nothing. I ain't going to go into the Illuminati stuff. I don't believe in it. But, we sound you like can't tell me. No, no, all. this isn't a conspiracy <laughs> The, y'all know there is something. We'll figure it out. We may not find it out now, but in 20 years, something will come out and it'll be like, oh, okay, this was used as a way to infiltrate some government somewhere and now they love America whatever. whatever. Uh, we do know that America did use Cuban hip-hop artists in 2014 to infiltrate Cuba. Um, so they do it all the time. And
1: I was going to mention, I I forgot about this when I was talking, but I was going to mention how you were telling about Drake and how Drake came down to Memphis and was like using black uh, poor people and how that image is also portrayed oftentimes where uh, these rappers or these brands are coming in like, oh, we got out of this poverty situation and it pisses me off because why is... Why is poor people's struggle something that you're attaining for? We're literally we literally have to die in order for you to uh uh
0: play off of that. But you know why that is? That again is promoting America, the American dream, meritocracy. I started from nothing, I worked hard and I became great because of I'm in America. It's the same thing I'm thinking. But let's go back to the artists because, yes, the artists are exploited, but then some of them become petty bougie uh, people themselves and start exploiting. I mean, t- Jay Z's a, a billionaire, right? Yeah, but not even Jay Z. Jay Z, I mean, we know about him. Yeah, but I even mean, like, no. let's go back to Drake. Yeah. These people, like you said, will go to the hood that they do not live in, Never that did. they do not invest in, that they do not support for. Videos for photo shoots. Get it done. Not paying nobody any residuals and going about their business. Drake ain't doing nothing for Memphis. But that man, whenever he wants a little hip-hop hard album, he come to Memphis to get some street cred. But what have you done for this city? 9-1-1,
1: Shelby Drive, look a lot.
0: Exactly. But not even him. But, like, all these... All these rappers, all these rappers, no matter how rich they are, they always got to come back to the hood and make a music video or make a this or make a that. You are not, you are only using that for your own capitalistic gain. You two are exploiting, man. You are exploiting. You may not be working these folk, but you're using these people's faces. You're using their lives. You're using their neighborhoods as a way to make you seem more whatever so that you can make more money.
1: People don't think about that. When we talk about exploitation, they only want to talk about labor. They never want to talk about the emotional, physical, mental uh, extent of exploitation in capitalistic merit. It's more. It's more. It's way more than money in, in capitalism. It's way more than money. Definitely. Capitalism, or I'm sorry, exploitation has way more to do with than just labor.
0: Yes. And... Uh, so that's the artist people. But let's go all the way back. Let's go back. Let's think about this, you guys. And this is gonna take some of the emotionalists out of it. You know, there's always a knee jerk reaction when people criticize hip hop or or stuff like that, cause it's like we don't want it to be from a place of anti blackness. But let's think about this. Let's go back to these multi-billion-dollar corporations. Apart, the people that are making the decisions for their artists to go into the hood, the people that are making decisions for their artists to wear them clothes, to drive them cars, to be at the uh, these award shows, to have this jewelry—that right, multi-billionaire with Swiss accounts—that's uh, funding uh, Wall Street. That is funding every single president. That is making sure we have no money for our schools. That is making sure you can't get food stamps. That is making sure that we have no infrastructure. Making sure we don't get no stimulus checks. These are the people that are making the decisions for those musicians. When you get down to the nitty gritty. And it's
1: important to name it. Majority of those people are white. They're all white. They're either white or Japanese. White. And guess what? If they're men or if they're women, guess who they're hiring? They're hiring their white sons or daughters to write for these musicians, to make beats for these musicians, and we wonder why the music is so bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Well, that's the episode. No, (laughs) it's a whole thing because that's that's important, and that's something we need to uh think about. And this ain't just a uh a hip hop uh episode, not just bass and hip hop we bash all over them. Country music is terrible from the jump. Country music was never uh I don't care what nobody said. I don't care if you say, Well it was anti establishment. Okay, it was still anti uh, anti black. Literally. Okay, anti establishment. What what did y'all think Jimmy about? Jimmy Dory is anti
1: establishment. Okay, mean, come on like...
0: now. But but specifically black because black I mean specifically hip hop because that's that is still a pretty new genre that was probably created when majority of our parents were young so they've been able to see and we've been able to see the progression we've been able to see the just it just being devoid of any type of working class uh undertones at all now and it becoming strictly a petty bourgeois bourgeois uh art form And we
1: we were actually talking to like I know someone's probably gonna say well what about the conscious rappers what about uh, the conscious rappers but yeah there's literally none and if we even if we even want to entertain that thought it's not like they're talking about anything it's literally liberal views with undertones of misogyny and it's just or misogynoir even I should say it's just terrible it's terrible
0: wait J Cole the one that was saying uh, the faggots yeah. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, the one who always telling black women what to do with their head or what to wear. Yeah. Uh, all these other little hotel underground rappers who just trying to recreate white supremacy with a black face. All these people ain't talking about nothing. What rapper that you have seen on TV is talking about the destruction of America? It's talking about redistributing and is redistributing literally taking money out of their pockets and investing in their communities and trying to make their communities self-sustaining none of them Because to be in that game and to be in that world, it's you're already you're already in that world. There's no way. It's like the government. It's It's like the government. It's like you're not finna infiltrate the government and change Mm, it for the better. You're not finna infiltrate a corporation and change it for the better. That's just not the way it happens. So there may be like some uh independent artists i'm sure it's independent communist artists if you are one hit us up we might uh showcase some of your music but as far as what's on media what's like mainstream what you see on TV ain't none of them talking about nothing but yeah that's pretty much uh what we wanted to talk about but before we leave we do want to uh give you some something to to go home with something to chew on uh so we were thinking about okay so what can we do with this information and bam propaganda kt
1: yeah, so uh, we actually, I'll drop a link in the bottom. We actually uh, distributed this propaganda around our um, neighborhoods and definitely recommend that you guys go ahead and download the link, print it out, and push, put it around your neighborhood. Um, but we actually are thinking not only that propaganda, but what if we took some of these rappers, some of these celebrities, we put their face on propaganda and say, hey, these people are enemies to the working class.
0: These people have, have have pimped you out. These people uh, don't care about you. Like,
1: maybe think about. These people w- are never poor. Like. Yeah.
0: So maybe we can start to utilize these celebrities as a way to counter their messages yeah. through propaganda. We know that celebrities and stuff are eye-catching. So if somebody see a picture of Beyonce, it's like, ooh, what are you talking about? You know, it, it can start controversy and it can start conversations. So that's something to uh to think about. Yeah. Also, last thing, obviously, reinforcing anybody that America puts out there, anybody that America upholds, anybody that America says is great, unless they've whitewashed their story, they have been used by America, and they're not good, and, and they... These blue
1: checks that you see that say, working for the Biden administration or working within the political sphere of the United States imperialist bullshit. That should just tell you right then and there that uh, they're no good. It's the CIA. Don't follow them. Don't listen to them. Do your own fucking research.
0: Uh, that sounds like uh. The Vax people do your own research. Yeah. Uh, don't do your own. I mean, do your own research, but reputable sources. Correct. Look at the history and learn the US way. Yeah, that's the number that's one a thing. thing. Yeah, and that's what that's why we're kind of pushing. I know we've been doing a lot of historical stuff, but that's why we push the history because I don't know this stuff. Right. And if we don't know it, it's gonna pop back up, and it's gonna be like, what, what, what? It's intentional.
1: You don't know it, right? Yeah. yeah because yeah. the because the US is is a propaganda machine. I said that on Twitter. The US has a propaganda machine never forget that they literally are
0: but yeah um and that's it that's it again check out them links for them articles oh did you uh, upload that episode? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Okay, so um
1: Gabby and I, in research of this episode, we actually watched a video um from PBS. Uh, and I will make sure to upload it to a Google Drive and send it to you guys. But it's about the Jazz Ambassadors, and it does actually detail everything that we talked about. If you want to uh watch it, it also talks a lot uh, of additional information that we didn't highlight, so definitely check that video out. I did
0: highlight have to record it through my computer so it's wonderful quality but yeah all right guys if you like to hit us up you can do so at building our pwr hit kt up at kt underscore does R. hit me up at gabby's music this has been gabby hey, KT. and this is building all power